0: and there are uh, cards that say prayer request cards, uh, probably a day, Kendra, doesn't go by that there's not someone here at the church, Pastor Ron and myself, different ones, that are praying for you. And this gives us the opportunity to be aware of your need. If If your need is personal, when you fill out your need, if you'll fold it in half... That'll simply let us know that that's confidential, and we won't share those publicly. But we believe that God answers prayer, and what we'd like to happen is for you to put some prayer requests in the box today and during the week for God to answer them and then share them next Sunday that God has answered your prayer, that you can, you can rejoice and be glad and find something else to pray about. Hello. I'm going to ask at the conclusion of the service, I'm going to ask the ushers to help me. I want to give every person in the building an offering envelope. Next Sunday, we'll be taking up a special offering. We have partnered with a ministry in Nicaragua that is serving 4,000 meals a month to seven orphanages. 4,000. That's a lot of meals. And the the door has opened for us to bless them. Uh, we don't have a full-time missionary out of our house. There are missionaries that we support, Jack Roach, obviously, and different ones, but we really don't have a, a missions fund or missions offering that we take up. So I'm going to ask you during this week to, fr- to try to set something aside. A dollar is important, $20 is important, but I want you to pray over that envelope this week and uh, these kids that we are feeding We need to pray that they will find good homes, that they can be adopted. These kids are up for adoption. But 4,000 meals a month, I want to partner with that. I want to be a part of feeding the hungry. I want to be a part of blessing an orphan. The Bible says that true religion is to take care of the widow and the orphan and, and visit in prison. And so a part of the church is to obviously, you know that we have a prison ministry. You know that we spend funds Uh, every week to allow uh, those incarcerated to call our house collect and that's just something that we that we provide I get a phone call almost every day from a maximum security prison and we've got some others that we're trying to open the door for Casey to be able to call me and and so that's something that we do every 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 week that takes place and you're a part of that so many things go on behind the scenes of the church that uh that you don't seize. I just want to make you aware of that. So at the end of the service, the ushers are going to give you an envelope. There's no pressure. There's no, if, if you can put 50 cents in, whatever you put in that envelope will go to the mission field. How's that? We won't keep a dollar. We'll pay our own postage. We won't keep a dollar. We'll make sure that they get that and be a part of that. If uh, you have a weapon with you today, I'd like for you to go with me. We're going to go several places today. So maybe you don't want to go there right away. Austin has been so good, and you know what? I'm amazed at how he does this because he doesn't get the list until right before. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, has anybody seen my wallet? <laughs> uh, we're going to wind up at Jeremiah 6 if you want to go there. We're not going to share that right away, but that's where we're going to wind up. And I wanted to talk a little bit today. Did anybody have a birthday this week? Any birthdays? Who did? Share, what, did we to you already? Oh Brooke, Brooke! Oh yeah, I saw that on Facebook. That is so. And Melissa, but Melissa Melissa's Tuesday. Okay, Pastor Melissa and Brooke, are we ready? Cheryl. And Cheryl, we sing over Cheryl Wednesday. Who, okay, okay. who, who, who? Who we got? Amanda. We got Amanda. Okay, are you ready? You got four now because we don't want to exclude Cheryl and get her feelings hurt. So make sure to add Cheryl. All right. Brooke, Amanda, all right, take a deep breath. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Cheryl, with the room with Amanda. Happy birthday to you. Give yourself a hand. You did awesome. You did awesome. This morning for a few minutes, I'd like to talk about decisions at the crossroad, decisions at the crossroad. And to start this teaching this morning, I want to establish the fact that you have a destiny, you have a purpose, you have an anointing, you have favor, you have blessing on your life to complete your destiny. Your destiny is not at the end of your journey. Your destiny is the journey. Walking in obedience, walking in faith, walking in blessing, uh, walking in everything that God has for you to become and do what God wants you to do. I wrote here at the top of my notes, it says, Your decisions will determine your destiny. Your decisions, your weekly, daily, hourly decisions, will determine your destiny. I wrote down this morning some decisions that I made this morning Uh, What I ate for breakfast this morning determines my destiny. What I invested this morning in worship determines my destiny. What I contributed this morning in tithe determines my destiny. What I apprehend in the word this morning determines my destiny. How I react in the altar determines my destiny. The breakfast thing deals with your physical destiny. The... Worship deals with your spiritual destiny. Your contribution and tithing deals with your financial destiny. Your appre- apprehending the word of God deals with your mental capacity. And reacting in the altars deals with your emotional destiny. Who would have thought just the decision to come to church this morning, all five areas of your life are, in, are affected and they are blessed. I believe you made the right decision today. Becky, the Bible says that we will come in one way and we'll leave another. The Bible says we come in good, we leave better. Aren't you glad this morning that God wants you better? And as you worship and praise and give and and respond, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. We shared a few weeks ago what your empty chair says to everyone involved in your life. And the fact that your chair this morning is not empty, that you're in it, says that you are pursuing the things that God has for you. You want a postage stamp, go to the post office. You want a sandwich, go to Arby's. You want a uh, steamer for your clothes, go to Walmart. That's one of my, our new additions this week. I haven't got to play with yet, but it looks fun. Uh, if, and, and so, But if you want the things of God, you go to the house of God. The odds are you're not going to find the things of God at Walmart. The odds are, and let me say, if I may, just for a moment, To be in special prayer for El Paso, Pastor Ron and I have been to that mall where the tragedy took place, and I understand that 20 lost their life. There are 24 that are uh, 11 that are in critical. And I I I brought that up this morning to to remind you how good God is to us. But even in the storm, God is there for those that were wounded and those that lost their lives. But that is proof that I believe that we are literally living in the last of the last days, when it's not even safe to go to Walmart or it's not even safe to go to a recruiting office, that, that danger lurks on every, around every corner. It lets us know to be even more mindful of that day that's about to reproach, appro- approach. We talked uh, uh, last Sunday about taking what God has given you, forming it and shaping it. I don't see my little friends up here, but if you missed last Sunday, you missed a lot of fun. And uh, we had so much fun with that clay that I felt like, I'm not sure when, but I'm gonna delegate a message just for everyone in the building. And I'm we'll going say, you have talent. Church of the Harvest has talent. And while I'm preaching, I'm gonna give everybody a container of clay. And in 30 minutes, I'm gonna see what you can do with that clay. How many, you can't wait for that opportunity to do that. How many said, you wish that last week you could have had that opportunity to be a part of the message. Uh, is so adaptly in Facebook, Brought the four things together and show how they all tied into the message, and no one no one knew that. That was obviously that was a God thing. But if God cares about the little piece of clay in your hand, how much more does He care about you? I do not believe in evolution. I don't believe that we evolved into the things of God. I think we transition into the things of God because of the things that we choose. To have a friend in the house, the things that we choose. In the animal kingdom, they operate on instinct, but in the, in the human kingdom, we operate on intellect. In the animal kingdom, it's all about conditions, but in the human kingdom, it's all about choice, the choices that you make every day that changes your purpose, your destiny, and your direction. The Bible says in, in Genesis 2 that we're made in the likeness and the image of God, and God gives every one of us this morning the free choice to choose who we will serve, the free choice to make decisions in life. And a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of questions I get as a pastor during the time of tragedy, why did God allow that to happen or why did that take place in my life? And there are some answers I don't think we're going to know until we stand before God. But we know that God is in control. Does not, God does not change. His hand is upon us. The Bible says His eye is is open and his ear is not heavy, that he can't see, that he can't hear, that he is concerned about what you're going through in your life, but he gives you the power this morning to make a decision. You will decide this morning when you leave this sanctuary. You'll decide this morning where you'll eat your next meal. You will decide this morning what you do this evening. You'll determine what TV program you're going to watch. You'll decide in the morning to get out of bed, put your face on And go to work or wherever you go your destiny is determined by the choices that you make in life in deuteronomy 30 and 15 moses told the people life and death blessing and cursing is in the power of your tongue choose life choose blessing so we have the ability we can speak blessing or we can speak curse this morning i can take this opportunity susan and i can speak a blessing over your life or I can take this opportunity to do nothing but hit you over the head with a shovel. Let me tell you something. God doesn't have a shovel that he hits us over the head because we drop the ball and we make a mistake. i reminded of, of a friend when I grew up in high school. He was the quarterback. He was very, he was very good at what he did. And I, and I noticed that several times he would throw a touchdown, or he'd hand the ball off to the fullback and score a touchdown. But then there were times when he threw an interception. There were times when he fumbled the ball and lost control of the ball. The coach did not send the quarterback to the locker room and tell him to leave the premises. The coach set him next to him and began to encourage him and build him up and not allow his failure affect his success. I'm talking to somebody in this house Today, that simply knows that there are people speaking life over you, that blessing and cursing is your decision, life and death is your decision, and you determine by your mouth whether you're going to walk in the favor of God or are you going to walk in the contradiction of man. Look at somebody say, I choose the favor of God in my life. Joshua said in Joshua 24, or Exodus 24 and 15, he said, Choose you this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I made a decision today not to follow the way of the world, not to follow the plan of the enemy. The enemy has a plan for your life, is to take you out and hurt you really bad. I chose not to choose the way of the world or the way of the enemy, but I chose this morning to walk the path that God has set me on, Linda, that I'll stay faithful to that path, and it's kind of exciting to see where I'm going to wind up if I'm following the purpose and the plan of God. Elijah said in First Kings 18 and 21 How long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, then follow him. And, you know, Elijah just confronted 450 evil prophets. They were trying to call fire down from heaven. And we know that Isaiah prayed in the King James Michael a 54-word prayer attention of God. The fire came down. The people rose up and defeated 450 prophets of the enemy. And that day was a successful day because they made a decision to choose the purpose and plan of God over the purpose and plan of the enemy. You may not know what uh, God's plan is in your life, but I promise you It doesn't take very long for us to realize what the enemy's plan in our life is to suck the very life out of us, to suck the very joy, to suck all of our abilities and talents and put us in a place that we don't like to be. That's the plan of the enemy. The plan of God is to lift you up, build you up, support you and strengthen you and help you on your way to becoming all that God wants you to be. Kind of sounds like the U.S. Army. Be all that you can be. What do you want? What do you want? I wrote here. I want to get clean and stay clean. I want to get sober and stay sober. I want to get free and stay free. Can anybody relate? In Proverbs 26 and 11, Solomon said, As a dog returns to its vomit, so does a fool return to its folly. Why in the world, being claimed would you want to go back to the vomit of alcohol? Why would you want to go back to the vomit of drugs? Why would you want to get hooked again on gambling? Why would you want to walk in depression and fear when God has sunshine and daylight and, and, and little birds chirping around your head and angels playing wings and all kinds of wonderful things? Why would you go back to your vomit? Why would you do that? Ephesians 6 and 13 says, take the whole armor of God. And when you put the whole armor of God, simply stand. I wrote, I wrote some notes here about the armor of God. When Paul told the Ephesian church how to dress themselves, he, he protected every area of their life. The breastplate protected the heart, the helmet protected the mind, the loins protected uh, sexual purity, and the feet protected, pr- provided, and protected. Your ministry, God has clothed you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet to put on the whole armor of God. And once you're dressing your armor to stand and see what direction God is going to lead you in. Do I have a friend in the house today that can relate? I'm not sure what direction God's leading me in, but I'm telling you right now, my heart is clean. My, 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 my thoughts are pure. My, my, my sexual life is, is pure and clean, and I'm waiting for God to bring to my life that which he has promised. Do I have a friend in the house this morning? My Lord, I'm preaching good this morning. I wrote here, uh, when you don't know what to do, stand and Wait. Isaiah 40 and 31, say it with me. Ready? How many of you don't know what it is? You say, I don't have a clue what that is. You should know your pastor's favorite verse of the entire Bible. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I wrote a little note here that says, look before you leap. Can anybody relate to jumping on something without, without any advice or counsel or without any investigation, and all of a sudden you found yourself in a real bad place because you did not look, you did not research, you just do I have a friend? Am I talking to anybody in the building except for me this morning? Look before you leap. Psalms 27 and 23, it says the steps of a righteous man and woman are three things, are you ready? Ordered orchestrated, and ordained. Think about those three things about the, where you're going in life. They're ordered by God, they're orchestrated by a, by a heavenly angelic host, and they're, or, and they're ordained by the blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad this morning that you are ordered, ordained, and orchestrated? If you don't leave with anything else this morning, please leave, leave with that. There's an ancient proverb, I believe it came from one of our popes, but he made the statement that fools rush in Finish it for me. Where angels fear to trod, fools rush in. Where angels fear to trod, I know that doesn't affect anybody this morning. I have something that will affect you. This book is written by a doctor. Uh, it's a really good book. I just want to read about three pages of it. It's by Doctor Zeus, and you know that this is Emily Emily's book, by the way. If you let Emily Emily know we have something for her, for can we give Emily a hand? She's not here, but give her give the ministry a hand. Hope House of Ham for for, for her graduation. Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you're the guy and gal who decide where to go. You'll look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. Here Dr. Seuss is saying before you make a decision, look and see what kind of decision you're making. Do I have a friend in the house right now? Jesus said in John 7 and 17, if anyone, cho- if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will know that I'm on his side. Is it it exciting to know this morning that God is on your side through representation of Jesus Christ? He is our intercessor. He's a mediator. He stands between us and God. He is the bridge. He is a connector. He is a bridge over troubled water, any area of your life. He gets you to where God's at. Revelation 22 and 17. Whosoever let him come and drink freely from the water of life. I'm I'm here to tell you this morning the bar is open. I'm here to tell you the kegs are being served. I'm here to tell you this morning, you can, drink from a, you can drink from the things of God that you will never thirst again. Do I have a thirsty person in the building? He said, if you ask of me, I'll give you a drink of that river of living water and you will never thirst again. How crazy is that? I wrote my note here. It says, how do we make good decisions? Look at somebody and say, that's a good question. How do we make good decisions? Look at somebody and say, hopefully, the direction will be from the word of God. Good. That's exactly where it's from. Jeremiah 6 and 16. Let me read this verse. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the way and look and ask for the old paths, where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest to your soul. Four truths that I want you to notice. First of all, he tells us to stand. We've already talked about that. He tells us to look. He tells us to ask, and he tells us to walk. Stand, look, ask, and walk. When we think about that, cross, that crossroad that, that we're in, the, the decisions that we're making depending upon or consultation, the decision that you make today, this morning, could affect you forever. How crazy is that? We, have, we, have, we honor our parents in authority. We believe in higher education. We believe in occupation. Let me back up and say this. The way you treat your parents this morning will determine how your kids treat you when you're a parent. Before you foolishly say, well, I'm out of high school, I don't need a higher education, know that about 70% of the jobs in this city requires some type of college degree. Before you begin to date that person, first of all, look at her mother. Just a thought. Because most times the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. If the mother's grouchy and sagging and and leaning and all of that, the, the odds are 30 years from now, before I dated Pastor Rhonda, I I didn't check out her mom. I mean that's kind of uh, creepy, but her mom was slim, trim, beautiful, great communicator, great attitude, and as was her dad. And I said, well I'll 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 give her a chance. I'll give her a will give her I like I like her mom, and Pastor Rhonda will tell you when I came to her house I brought gifts, but not for Rhonda, I brought gifts for her mom because I wanted her mom. On my side. If you got mom on your side, baby, there's all kinds, of, all kinds of things that you can do with that. How do we make good decisions? We stand, we look, we ask, we walk. So before you date that guy, before you date that girl, you need to really focus on your, on your perception and focus on your decision to spend. My dad told me I, I did not follow that counsel, unfortunately, but my dad told me never date somebody you wouldn't marry. Never date somebody you wouldn't marry. And, Becky, I didn't follow that counsel. Eventually I did, but I didn't follow that counsel on an 18-year-old punk kid out there. I knew it all. I had the world by the tail. I was making good money as a construction worker, and I I didn't follow that counsel. But it is good counsel. And before you make a decision to go out with somebody, determine, could I spend the rest of my life with this person? See, you need to be around him long enough to see what he smells like when he takes his shoes off. You need to be around him long enough to see if he apologizes when he uh, burps or the other thing. You need to be around him long enough to see what happens when he gets mad or, or he dents his car. or, or you, need, you need to be around him long enough to determine, do I really want to invest any time in this person? And, and, and the, the final decision that you need to focus on is your ministry. What are you doing in ministry? If I were to ask you today, what are you doing in ministry? Hopefully you would say, I'm standing. There's a thought. Hopefully you would say, I'm looking for God's direction. Hopefully you would say, I'm asking for God to show me his purpose and plan in my life. And hopefully the counsel that I'm getting, I'm walking in that. I shared the illustration about the person that comes to me and says, hey, or let me phrase that. Oh, he comes to me. uh, We'll do that. Person comes to me and says, Hey, I'm really struggling in my marriage. I said, Well, what's going on? I said, Well, I work two jobs. I'm away all the time, and this is happening. That's happening. My counsel would be quit one of the jobs, readjust your budget, and spend more time with your family. Yeah. Michael, he comes back a month later. I'm miserable. We're headed for a divorce. I said, Well, did you quit your job? Well, no. Are you spending more time with your family? Well, no. We well, you know what you need to do? You need to find another person and waste their time. Come on now. Because obviously you don't have count, you don't have confidence in my counsel. Why in the world would I want to spend two hours a week with you for ten or fifteen weeks if you can't do step one? Why in the world would I walk through step two, three, four? Hello, do I have a friend in the house this morning that, that can relate to the crucial decisions that we are about to make? Galatians five and one, this is for every this is this is especially for me. In February. I will be clean 39 years in February. I was at a place where there was all, what did Paul say? All hope that we would save, be saved was lost. I was at that place. I was, I was in that vacuum. I was in that, that horrible, evil place. But God touched me, came to where I was. He knew where I was. He found me, brought me back, and I've been clean for 39 years. But Galatians 5 and 1 says, stand fast in the liberty that Christ has made us free and be not entangled again to bondage. Amen. I never was a, I never was a, a big drinker. I, I drank a beer or a 7-7, seven, seven, but I really nev- never was a big drinker. But when I gave my heart to God, I shut that door on alcohol. I shut that door on pills. I shut that door on the needle. I, I, I shut that door because God made me free why would I wanna go back to bondage? Why would you wanna go back to where God brought you out of? Why would you wanna go back to a place where you were suicidal and, 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 and you were you're demonized and you were, and why would you, you wanna keep that mindset, that lifestyle? Those friends, why wouldn't you want to step out and see what God has for you? And obviously he has something special for you because the devil is so intimidated by you. He's tried to kill you. He's tried to get you to overdose. He's tried to give you a sexual disease. He's tried to put you in bondage. He's tried to put you in jail. Am I talking to anybody in the house this morning? God's plans are so awesome that all hell is intimidated by you and terrified about you and is trying to shut you up and shut you down. And what do we do? We press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God through Christ Jesus, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. God's got a good path, a good plan. God's got a good word for you this morning. Don't let the enemy dilute it, don't let the enemy uh, try to decipher it, but, but shut that door. Don't go back. Find someplace else to go that's healthy. Man, I'm preaching good. They were at the Red Sea. You know the story: 300, 400 years in bondage. They were eating leeks and cucumbers. They were starving to death. They were slaves. They were being murdered. They were being raped. It was a bad scene. God raised up Moses. They went out. They left Egypt. And when they got out of Egypt, they got to the Dead Sea, the Red Sea rather. And there was no path. There was no bridge. There was no boat. There was no way to get across the, the Red Sea. And the first attitude that the congregation had. Let's go back to Egypt. Let me tell you something. If he's got the power to pull you out, then he's got the power to bring you in. If he's got the power to drag you out of where you were and what you were doing... He's got a good plan for your life, and it's not to let you go back to eating leeks and cucumbers. Let me tell you what he wants you to eat. He wants a a ribeye, medium rare, with mushrooms, with a thousand French dressing on your salad, and he wants a pumpkin piece of pumpkin pie to go with that. Why would you want to go eat weeds and cucumbers? Hello, do you have a friend in the house this morning? When God wants to feed you, let Him feed you. Don't retreat. In Exodus 14 and 13, how's Austin doing? Is he staying up with me pretty good? Exodus 14 and 13, Moses said, stand still, there it is again, and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't rush in. Don't make decisions without, and I'll, and I'll go on to, to, to describe that, but don't just make decisions because everybody else is. This thing with Black Lives Matter and White Lives Matter and all of that, everything matters. I understand that but you need to stop being a part of the whole and you need to seek out your individuality and you need to be that person that God's called you to be. You don't like dress like everybody else and talk like everybody else and go to the same place as everybody else. Be different, be unique, be yourself. Man, I'm preaching good. Pastor Ron has sent me on a wild goose chase. You know what's scary? (laughs) What's scary is when... You have selective hearing. And you hear what you want to hear. And you don't hear her say, I'm giving you a map quest to go to Tiffany's. Mentally, I thought I was going to Missy's. Okay, I've been to Missy's. Okay, it's back off of Wall Road. It's it's back wrapping around real nice subdivision. Okay, I know that. I, I, I know that neighborhood. Okay, so we finally got the MapQuest to work on my phone, the GPS. So I'm pushing the buttons. It's going here. It's going there. Okay, so it takes me to a place I've never been before. So I called Pastor Ron. I said, uh, said, whose house am I going to anyway? And she said, you're going to Tiffany's house. I said, oh, I thought I was going to Missy's house. She said, no, I told you three times. (laughs) The word I have for her, you need to tell me four. Three ain't getting it. Four, four might get it. Three ain't getting it. But when I think, of, when I think, about, GP, when I think about GPS, what's so cool about G- GPS is that you can fire it up. It'll tell you where you're at. And then if you make these decisions, you can wind up at this place. Every one of us have a GPS built on the inside of us that's drawing us to God. It's calling us to a higher order, to a higher place. And what's so neat about that GPS is that God has put instructions for you to follow, and if you follow those instructions, you will wind up where God has for you and where you will be happy. Do I have a friend in the house today? But if you make one wrong turn, I remember about four or five years ago, I was headed Scotts in this church there in Lakeland. This, this, uh, GPS only done this twice to me. But GPS took me out in the middle, literally, of farmland, and there was a pasture, and then, it, and then it, dropped, it dropped me off. at this. Has that ever happened to anybody? It's like, wow, you really missed it. And then there was a time when I was trying to go the back way. I, I'm trying to go to a, to a jail in Kentucky, and I got GPS, and it has me, I'm not exaggerating, Susan, it has me turn on a driveway that says trespassers will be shot. It didn't say violent, it said shot. And I'm, I'm looking at my GPS, and I'm thinking, this GPS hates me. It hates me, it's trying to kill me. That's only happened twice and, and, I, and I, use it, I use it all the time. But what, what is so neat to know, God never misses it. God never messes up. God's not gonna give you a wrong step, a wrong direction. His plans are healthy and whole and he will take it to where he wants you to be. Hello, thank God for parents, for counsel, thank God for our peers, thank God for our pastor, thank God for counsel, thank God for consultation, thank God for commitment. But sometimes you need to shut out all the other voices and find out what is God saying to you. He said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of another they will not follow. There's safety in the multitude of counsel. I understand that. But if, God's, but if my words aren't lining up with God's words, then ignore my words and follow God's words. Man, that deserved a hand or a shout or throw money at me or something. Colossians 3 and 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule. That word rule, Jackie, means final decision. Let God have the final decision in your life. Pursue it, investigate it, purpose it, but let God have the final confirmation that this is where he wants you to be. In the road less traveled, I want to say it was Robert Frost. Does that sound right? Where where am I? Robert Frost talked about the road less traveled. And so my question to you today is the road that you're on today, where is your path leading you to? Where is your path leading you to? And when you get there, will you be happy? The path you're on, the direction, the, 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 the steps you're taking, what you're involved in life, quality life, quality time. Where where is your path leading you to? Matthew seven, thirteen and fourteen says, Straight is the gate and narrow the way. Wide is the, 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 the road that leads to destruction. Is the fine line in God's word. As we walk that GPS in God's word, we will wind up at a good place because that's the purpose and plan that he has for me. But what are are your plans in your life? What's going on with the peer pressure? What's going on with all the things in your life? Hebrews 13 and 7, remember your leaders that spoke the word to you. Consider the outcome of their ways of life and imitate their faith. Who are your mentors? Who are you accountable to? Who are you watching? Who, who, who would you like to be like? Who would you, do, you to like, like do you want to have a marriage like this person? you want to have a business like this person? Who are you looking and who are you allowing to affect your life and make decisions to become what God wants you to be? Luke 17 and 32, remember Lot's wife. You know the story. Lot's servants and Abraham's servants started fussing. They split ways. Abraham gave him first choice. Lot could have, could have chosen the promised land. Instead, he chose Sodom and Gomorrah. He, he was fascinated by those cities, and the Bible says he left, and he camped on the outside. Then later it says that he was sitting at the gating council, and then we find him inside the house. We find the men trying to to, to, uh, try to violate his guests, and Lot is so messed up, he tries to offer his virgin daughters to these, these group of wild men that wanted to to hurt and wound the angels. You know the story. The angels grabbed the kids back in and allowed the guys to be blind, but they still tried to pursue after him. You know the story. They They left the city, and God said, don't look back. Don't look back. That sounds like a song by Boston. Is it Boston? Don't look. Yeah, don't look back. Don't look back. But guess what? She looked back. I saw something in a life way the other day, Sherry. It was a salt and pepper shaker, and it was Lot and his wife. And guess which which one was the salt? Hello. Bad decisions, bad outcome. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, these happen as an example. God allows us to see the failures in the Word of God so that we will not pursue that lifestyle and we won't choose what they did. Abraham obviously had a challenge. Moses had a challenge. Noah had a challenge. Samson had a challenge. Jacob had a challenge. David had a challenge. Lot had a challenge. Saul going on, killing Christians. They all had challenges. But God allows us to view their life, to follow when they made right decisions and not to follow when they made bad decisions. I've realized I'll be 65 October 28th. Remember that very important date in your life. Um, But I realized the other day, I am, really, I am really not quite grown up yet. I'm not yet. I'm not yet mature. I'm not yet. I'm healthy, but I'm not, I'm not grown up yet. So I asked myself this question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And then the Holy Spirit, I felt, it might have been him. If, I, if I'm misquoting you, sorry about that. Get over it. <laughs> Here's what I felt like the Holy Spirit say. I apologize, the Holy Spirit Obviously, it's a mindless crowd today, and they're all, here we go. What do you not want to be? What do you not want to be? Luke 14, Jesus said, count the cost. To be what you want to be is going to cost something. Commitment, dedication, sacrifice. There was a rock band in the late 60s that sang that song, Sunshine, go away today. Remember that? Don't feel much like dancing. Some man's come. He's tried to ruin my life. Don't know what he's asking. Help me. How much does it cost? I'll buy it. The time is all we lost. I'll try it. I, you know what? I know that's not a spiritual song, but, but when you begin to pursue the things of God, the only thing you're really investing is your time. And when you invest quality time towards quality things, you're going to get quality Results. Matthew 7.24, the wise man, and Becky, I had a revelation this morning all the years we've gone to the beach, Huntington, Laguna, all over the different beaches all over the world. A sand castle, no matter how splendid and gorgeous it is, rarely lasts the day. The Bible in, in Matthew 7.24 says, the wise man built his house on a rock. The foolish man built his house upon a sand. Sand was more comfortable. Sand was more affable. Sand is easier to work with. But the end results wind up in failure. Robert Frost said in the road less traveled, it made all the difference in the world. Seek the good way. Mark 1.35, it says, early in the morning, Jesus went to a solitary place and prayed. We are to stand, we are to look, we are to stand, we are to ask in prayer. Robert Letourneau, names sound familiar to anybody in the building, Robert Letourneau. Uh, early 1900s, had over 330 patents. He's the actual guy that came up. Gene, I thought you'd be interested in this. He's the guy that came up with the, the tracks on the Caterpillar. He designed all this heavy off-road equipment. Uh, he was a genius. And the, uh, we, were, we were in World War II. And the government of, of the, our government asked him to, to create something that would pick up a plane on an aircraft carrier and move it. They worked for days. They worked for weeks. They were nonstop around the clock, 24/7. He's thrown himself, with some of the greatest minds in the world, and they tried this. They tried that. They tried this. But on Wednesday, Gene, I thought about you when, when I read this. On Wednesday, he told the group, "says Hey, I'm going to church tonight's prayer, tonight's prayer meeting," and they said. You can't go to church. The United States of America is depending upon you. We've got to solve this. We've got to make this happen. He said, I'm going to church. Went to church, enjoyed the worship, got involved in the word, the prayer meeting. On the way home from the Bible study, God shows him the way to do a crane, the way to do the gears, the way to pick up the plane, the way to move it. Why? Because one man said, I am not going to compromise my direction that I'm focused toward the things of God to focus on the things of earth because heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall (laughs) never pass away. That's one minute till 12. I can be finished in seven minutes or I can finish right now. How many of us to finish right now? Oh nobody lifts their head Well trained. That's because Austin's in the in the sound booth with a machine with a dart gun and you're gonna you gonna dart you sent us say. <laughs> Isaiah thirty five and eighteen. We stand, we look, we ask, we walk. The thing about walking, there's there's two ways, there's two ways to walk to walk. You can walk it off. Anybody ever been whacked, tackled, or fell down or skinned your knee or whatever? And what, what did mom or dad or your friend say? Walk it, walk it off. Or you can walk it out. Has anybody ever walked anything out? They bought something they, they shouldn't have bought. And it looks like it's overwhelmed them. And we just say, walk it out. Work it out. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Walk it off or walk it out. Isaiah 39 and 18 said that there is a way of holiness the saints of God tread. There's a path, it's the old path, it's a path less taken that God has outlined for you. I like that song that says, don't look for me to be in the place I used to be. There's been a change in me, I've found a better way. Can anybody relate to where you're at today, to where you were at 12 months ago? I'm not where I was at 12 months ago. I have left that place. I've found a better place, a higher place. Kings 8:56 56 says, not one word from the Lord has ever failed. God has kept his promise. Psalms 119, 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven John 17 and 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. John 15 and 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be added unto you. Again, what do you want in life? And I wrote down six things that I think would affect everyone in this congregation. I want to be drug-free. I want to be alcohol-free. I want to be debt-free. I want to be drama-free. I want to be worry free and I want to be stress free. Psalm 1 and 1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth with a sinner, nor sitteth to see the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate both day and night. We stand, we look, we ask, we walk. Hebrews 10 and 22 Jesus died and rose again and opened for us a new, look at somebody say, a new and living way. It's not an old way to God. It's a new way to us. It's where God purposes for us to be and purposes for us to do. As every head is bowed, just for a moment, every eye closes, three minutes after 12.